everyone, on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Hey, did you hear? BC's best hockey store, The Hockey Shop, has moved to Langley, where you'll find bigger departments and better parking. Centrally located just off Highway 1 near the Langley Event Center. Visit them today. It's The Hockey Shop. The Hockey Shop. We do hockey. I made that last part up for effect. To give you an idea of where the show is at, Mentally, two-thirds of the break was uh, the show group chat being flooded with pictures of everybody's cats. Yeah. Jason has a picture of his cats. Artemis and Mia. Kind of cuddling. Artemis, mm. great name. Yeah. That's the, that's the name he came with from the cat cafe. So we <laughs> nice. kept it. We're like, yeah, he's nice. Artemis. Not to outdo Artemis, mm-hmm. Andy then followed up. Uh, with two pictures of your cat, Tender Andy. Sir, Tender Sir, yes, T- Tender Sir. Sorry, His what? legal name is Shiro, but we call him Tender Sir. Really? <laughs> There's so much to unpack here. No, really, T- Tender Sir. Yeah. Where did that come from? I don't know. It just it, it just we just came. Is came that up is that, that two names? So tender. tender space, sir. Yeah. Is it hyphenated? Oh, so no. you like you were like sweet talking the cat. You're like <laughs> yeah. You're such a tender little sir. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> okay. Did I you get undergo it. legal oh. proceedings to get the name changed? <laughs> I feel like that's something you would do. Had to take had to take the cat to city hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. City hall is like this is not necessary. Why did you did you wait in line five hours for this? Please name my cat. <laughs> and even the city was like, that's the name you picked. And why are you wearing hey. a tux and the cat is wearing a wedding dress? You know that that doesn't happen here. Okay, yes, sir. With Moj online. <laughs> Joining us now to breaking news on the British Columbia Lions and the future of star quarterback Nathan Rourke, Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Moj, admit it, this is the best segue you've ever had into an introduction for know. an interview. I don't know. I don't know what the hell I've gotten myself into this morning, but talking about cats getting married at City Hall. Hey, by the way, Cosmo and Comet, those are the two cats that we had for a while. But, See, there uh, you yeah. go. So there Mo, just a cat guy. Well, send pictures of your cats uh, no, afterwards. I'm not, I'm not a cat guy. I'm a dog guy. Okay, fair enough. Okay, don't, don't qualify me as a cat guy. Fair. I'm, I'm not a cat guy. I'm a dog guy. Um, we, you know fair. what? For the, for, the, for the sake of everybody involved here, I, I teased that you had breaking news, and then we devolved into cat yeah, pictures. Yeah, so uh, just yeah. go with it, Moj. Tell us what's going on with Nathan Rourke. Well, we got uh, developing news. Nathan Rourke has bought a cat. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are brutal. Going to um, tweet that from the official account. We do have news in terms of Nathan Rourke, and we're just going to try out. We've been doing some digging around um, down south of the border, following some of the people that I know, and I can confirm that he will be in Indianapolis on December the 12th working out for the Colts, and he will be in Tampa Bay working out for – the Buccaneers on the 13th. And I'm also waiting on confirmation that he probably will get a look-see from Minnesota as well. So those are some of the teams that are in the, in the hunt. There's others as well. I'm still waiting to confirm them. I'm actually doing a column for black press on this today. And it'll be a little later on, but uh, I can confirm that he will be getting a workout with Tampa on the 13th and Indianapolis on the 12th. And guys, you know, the, the one with Indianapolis, that's really intriguing. If you look at their quarterbacking situation, the fact that, you know, they went with Ryan at the start of the year. Yeah. He didn't do well. They benched him. Saturday comes in. They go back to Ryan. Um, so it, it kind of tells me that, you know, there might be an opportunity there. And the other thing, too, with Indianapolis that's really intriguing is that Scott Milanovich, the former CFL head coach, is the quarterback's coach with the Indianapolis Colts. So maybe he's got somebody there that might be um, pulling for him or in his corner, so to speak. So Indy's a really interesting possibility. 
So what's the process of all this, Moj? Does he so does he travel around and does he go to their practice facilities and they and they just like what do they do? He just works out for yeah, them. So and... What'll happen is that they will probably bring in several free agents. I imagine if Rourke is coming in, they're also going to bring in some receivers. So you know you're not throwing at high school kids or anything like that. I mean you have to have somebody to throw to. So what'll happen is they'll probably you know they'll bring in several free agents. Uh, maybe they'll bring in some running backs, receivers, some DBs, and just basically run through one-on-one drills. They'll run through some physical testing in terms of 40, you know, verticals, all of those things. Um, and then, you know, probably have a, a chat with them as well. But a, a lot of physical testing. And then basically when they're, they're on the field, they'll probably run, I'm probably guessing somewhere between a half hour to an hour workout. And they'll run one-on-ones. They might, they might, depending on the numbers that they have, they might run, say, Skelly if they got enough numbers. But and Skelly's just basically, you know, your, your receivers against your DBs and linebackers. So they'll run them through all that. They'll obviously film it, and then they'll go from there. What's the one characteristic or trait or something that scouts have picked up on film that really intrigues NFL teams with Rourke? Is it the ability to get the throw out quickly because he's got that lightning quick release? Is it the ability to make plays with his feet? What's drawing the most intrigue from NFL scouts? I think process, the, the fact that he can process information so quickly and progress through whatever passing tree that he has in terms of what he has in a certain play. And I think the other thing, too, is his accuracy. He's pretty accurate, right? And he does have a strong enough arm, but I think probably the biggest thing with Nathan Rourke is his ability to process. And that's why I think that, you know, he is going to get a look. I think, you know, you're probably looking at, you know, 10 to 15 teams that are going to work him out um, from what I'm hearing. And then, you know, maybe there'll be three or four serious contenders when it's all said and done. There might be teams that are working him out that probably don't even have any interest in him, but they just need bodies like, you know, for what I just talked about. Right. I mean, if you're bringing in receivers to, you know, to get a look at, you need a quarterback to throw to him as well. Yeah. So it kind of works both ways. So I think, you know, when you, it's all said and done, I think the big thing with Nathan Rourke is having somebody who's in his corner. And, and you know, perhaps Milanovic is that guy in Indianapolis, a guy that I think that another team that I think's in the hunt seriously is Minnesota. And I'm making some calls with some people I know down there, but their executive VP of player personnel is a guy by the name of Ryan Grigsby. He was the Colts GM from 2012 through 2016, when he was there, he signed a whole bunch of CFL players. Um, and that comes from his experience in the league. Um, Grigsby started off as a scout with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in 1988 before moving to the National Football League. So he's a guy who knows quite a bit about the Canadian Football League. He's tapped into it during his time as GM in Indianapolis, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he taps into it again and has made some contacts with the people that he knows north of the border looking at Nathan Rourke. Is that usually how it works? Like you need someone to advocate for you? I, I, was, uh, I, was, t- I was telling Halford and the guys here that I watched that Kurt Warner uh, movie, American Underdog, and, and the story that they laid out. It, it was an okay movie, Moj. I don't know if you've seen it. It was, a, it was a little cheesy, but it was an okay movie. The story that was laid out was that it was Dick Vermeil. Uh, with the Rams that was the guy that believed in Kurt Warner and Mike Martz, who was the offensive coordinator there, was 
at first he was like, I don't know about this guy. Like this guy's been playing in the arena league, but Dick Vermeil is like, no, there's something about this guy. Anyway, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Kurt Warner is in the hall of fame now, but is that typically how it goes? Like you've got one guy in the football ops that says like, I believe in this guy and kind of pounds the table for him. Or can it sometimes occur that, Hey, we've heard about this guy in the CFL. Let's take a look at him. And then maybe you make the decision. Well, I think the big thing is, is you nailed it. There, there has to be somebody who's in your corner, somebody who believes in you. You mentioned Vermeil with Warner. I mean, the great story about Jeff Garcia and Bill Walsh, and Bill Walsh really believing in Jeff Garcia, and that's how Garcia became a 49er. I'll give you another one, guys. It was interesting because I remember going, when we were with the Lions, we went into Toronto last year, and I, I talked to Jarius Jackson at the time, who was with the Argos as their offensive coordinator, and, Mark, and, and you know, we were talking about McLeod Bethel-Thompson. And I said, you know, I'm just not a big fan for whatever reason. There's something about his game that, you know, the inconsistency. And I said, you know, how high are you guys on McLeod Bethel-Thompson? And Jairus came out and said there were people in that organization that really weren't fans of McLeod Bethel-Thompson. But he believed in him, and Ryan Dinwiddie, the head coach of the Argos, believed in him. And they said, we're going to be all right with this guy. They really kind of, like, pounded that table, as you say and said, no, we're keeping this guy, despite the objections of some people in that organization. And a year later, he's a great cup champion quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, you do need people in your corner at, at whatever level that you're at. We're speaking to Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Moj is a presentation of the West Coast Auto Group. Great service, great selection, just over the bridge in Maple Ridge. Uh, you know, as J- Moj, as Jason's alluding to the, the Kurt Warner story, the other part of that Kurt Warner thing was timing. Like, he was in the right spot at the right time, finally, for once in his career, and he made good on the opportunity. I got to feel like Rourke right now and his camp and his agent and everything have to be saying, this is the perfect time for him to have this breakout year and his perfect time to try the NFL. Because quite honestly, quarterbacking play in the NFL is in a really dicey spot right now. Like, yeah, you've got Mahomes and Allen and Burrow and Herbert, but – you're seeing maybe the end of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. You're seeing maybe the end of Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. You're seeing a lot of really subpar quarterbacking across the league. And so, I mean, we had Mike Tanier on earlier in the week, and he said, you know, the amount of like really lousy throwers that are currently getting reps in the NFL, it feels like the perfect chance for Rourke to make good on one of these situations because there's almost like a lack of. QB talent. It's crazy to say. As long as he's healthy, though. I have concerns about his health. Yeah, so talk about the opportunity and then his health. Well, you know, here's the thing with opportunity, right? And this is something that I'm going to touch on in my column. Um, The fact is, you might look at a situation right now and you say, hey, there's an opportunity there. That could change in a span of a month or a month and a half. And I'll give you a great example. When Dave Dickinson left the CFL way back, whatever it was, 2000, 2001, he signed with the San Diego Chargers, right? There were no quarterbacks on the roster at the time. Dickinson signed figuring, hey, I've got an opportunity to compete for a spot in San Diego. They don't have anybody on their roster. Well, within a month, they go out and they sign Doug Flutie to a six-year right, free agent right, deal. Right. And then in the draft, they go out and get Drew Brees. All of a sudden, you go from being a guy who might be contending for a spot, thinking that you have an opportunity, to being the clipboard holder behind the big free agent signing and a high draft choice. So, I mean – NFL teams, when it, when it comes to like their personnel, there, there's no loyalty. There's no nothing. I mean, they're just, it, it's a cutthroat world. And you could sign with an organization tomorrow believing that you have an opportunity and them telling you that you're going to have an opportunity. And then six weeks later, they might bring in a free agent and they might even bring in a draft choice or a trade or whatever the case may be. So the opportunity might be there when you sign, but is it still there when you get to camp? 
Moja, I have an NFL question for you. And this is a this is something we've kicked around all season of as the Seahawks have stayed in the playoff race in the NFC. Who is the best team in the NFC? Is it Philadelphia at ten and one, Minnesota at nine and two, San Francisco at seven and four, or Dallas at eight and three? You know what? It's easy to say Philadelphia because of their record. Um, Minnesota scares me at nine and two because I think seven of those wins have been one score games and their defense has been rather porous. I I love teams with defense to me that wins you championships. So if I'm looking at defense, I'm looking at San Francisco and I'm looking at Dallas. I don't think San Francisco has allowed a point in the second quarter or probably in the second half of their last four games. Mm. I mean, that's insane. It tells you a little bit about the adjustments that they make. And it tells you about the fact that they kind of amp things up when they need to. So if I'm looking at teams, who are the best teams in the NFC? For me, it always boils down to defense. And, man, uh, I think the advantage goes with Dallas because of the fact that I think they can put points on the board. Although San Francisco getting McCaffrey has really changed their offense. You have the versatility of Debo Samuel as well. I think McCaffrey was a huge addition for the 49ers because he can do so many things. And he's so tough to defend against. But those two teams, for me, are probably the front runners, and the reason why is because of their defense. What do you think about Dak Prescott as a quarterback? I, I can't figure out, you know, if he's good. And I most of the time that I watch him, I'm like, he doesn't look that good. But then you look at some of the numbers he puts up, and they're like, that's nah, not bad. You know, the funny thing is about Prescott, if you look at Dallas, I saw this betting stat. Against the spread, Dak Prescott is lights out against the NFC East. The rest of the NFL, not so good. Um, so, you know, he has a lot of success within the division. But if you look at that division right now, man, all, all those teams, I think it's the first time in history that you'd have every team in a division making the playoffs. And right now that's the case in the NFC East with what they got going on there. I mean, Washington's even playing some great football, the Giants. But, you know, Washington is what, on a 6-1 and one run? You look at what they're doing in terms of their defense, their ball security, the fact that they've been able to run the football. So, you know, you look at that NFC East and – putting up numbers against those teams this year, you got to be impressed with what Dak Prescott has done. And, yeah, I don't think he's a, you know, an elite great quarterback, but I think he's a good to great quarterback who can give you flashes of greatness. Moj, this was great. Thanks a lot for doing it. Before we let you go, it's a tradition here. We have to do a Moj Ask Us Anything. We actually got one submitted just for you now, I'll warn you. It is a food one, but it's also maybe a little bit of strategery as well. Kyle and East Van with an Ask Us Anything for Moj. What is your go-to emergency snack when you're starving and on the highway with no time to pull over to get something to eat? So you're driving along, you're hungry, maybe you've packed something along in the event that you can't stop, but you're starving and you need a snack. What's your go-to? Pepperoni stick. Ah, that's a good one. I'm a, yeah. big, I'm a big fan of the cured meats. Cured meat? What do you mean? What do you have, a deli in your trunk or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he does, actually. <laughs> you don't? He's a, Bur- he's a Burnaby guy. They all do. Hold on, where are you getting the cured meats from? Chofies. You don't have cured meats at the side of the, like, you know, at a gas station. <laughs> uh, well, you know, What's like. What's Chofies? Chofies is the deli. Chofies is the deli's by my place. Yeah, yeah Chofies is outstanding. But yeah. the thing is, I mean, what do you pull into a 7-Eleven and ask for, like, 250 grams of prosciutto or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little mortadelle, a little prosciutto, making sure it's dried out and we're good to go. No, the pepperoni's no, good. No, but I mean, no, but you got to be talking about stuff that you can get at, like, you know, at a, at a convenience store, or a, you know, 7-Eleven shop. Oh, whatever, right? you're, so you're talking more of, like, the, the countertop beef jerky. Yeah. Yeah. But if I'm, if I'm going on a road trip, 
of course I'm stopping at a place like Chaffee's. Yeah, fair and enough. load up, like, you know, prosciutto, a little salami, you know, maybe even get a couple of pepperoni sticks, as I mentioned. You know, a little San Pellegrino. You're I'm now picturing Moj driving while making a sandwich. <laughs> hey, you guys remember the story about Julio when he was crossing the border? No. Did he ever tell you? Did you guys ever hear that story? No, now you have to tell it. Okay, so Julio's driving. They're going to a wedding in Kansas City. He's like 19 or something, and, like, he crosses the border, and, like, his mom and his dad and his aunt and his uncle, and apparently, like, obviously English is the second language. Julio says, let me handle this, right? Well, the next thing you know, they're, you know, they think it's a citizenship test. They're yelling like British Columbia, John Diefenbaker, Saskatchewan, Mount Robson, in the back, or whatever. And he's like, he's just being quiet, right? He goes, he says, he goes, he says, he goes, he goes, his dad looks over the border guard. He goes, hey, are you hungry? And the guy goes, uh, no, I'm okay. Marina, make him a sandwich. <laughs> his mom says, make him a sandwich in the back seat. So, you're going to get Julian on one time. He'll tell you the story. You will like literally be falling off your chair. So, the way he tells it, you'll fall off your chair laughing. Oh, this was great, bud. Thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Thanks for the, uh, the update on Nathan Rourke, too. That's good stuff. Okay, man. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. Thanks. That's Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, if anyone's going to yell at me, yes, I know Mortadel is not a smoked meat, a cured meat. I, I'm just – I was talking deli, okay? Good. Uh, Craig and Campbell River has uh, an ask us anything. Uh, he says, okay, boys. And Craig and Campbell River, just so everyone knows, is our fellow England supporter yeah. uh, at the World Cup. Uh, okay, boys, Canada had a little bit of fun, but now it's time to focus. Lions, Senegal, three Lions yeah. of England against Senegal. Uh, do you start Foden instead of Mason Mount? I feel England are a little under the radar this tournament and have a chance to make a statement should they get through a talented Senegalese team. Hashtag, it's coming home. Now, I have been on the record as not all that optimistic about England's chances at this tournament, mostly because of the form they showed coming into this tournament, which was really bad, and they just seem to... If there was ever Southgate magic, you know, if that was ever a thing, it feels like it had run out. Yeah. But there's a little bit of hope that's returned. I mean, they thrashed Iran and they drew the Americans in a pretty bad game, but then they took care of business against Wales. Now they've got Senegal. And I think if Southgate starts Mason Mount over Phil Foden, <laughs> he is the gutsiest manager in the history of management because yeah. – the English supporters do not want Phil Foden to be starting on the bench. They will go nuts if that happens. Yeah, I mean, they were going nuts about this in the group, really. I mean, there was a couple guys. It was Mount and Raheem Sterling who really got taken to task for how ineffective they looked. The U.S. match was Bad. the one. Yeah. The U.S. match was the one where a lot of people looked at it and gave – retroactively, I don't think enough people have given um, the U.S. enough credit for the fight that they put up. Yeah. But the, the narrative is still like, that was a, that was, that was not good. And then of course, that was the worst game I watched of the group stage. Yeah. And it, but it was almost by design. Think so? Yeah. Cause that was, that was a Southgate special where well, Harry, Harry, also, Magu Harry Maguire is your best player. Well, I also think it was a U.S. special to a certain degree. I think both parties astutely noted that they were in good shape after the opening match. Right. Mm -hmm. They were. I mean, the U.S. was in more dire straits because they had drawn quite disappointingly with Wales. But the U.S. knew um, 
if we draw here and we, we don't concede and don't get way behind on goal differential, yeah. we get on two points instead of one, and then we move into that final, and all we have to do is beat Iran, and we're through. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 the game was kind of designed to be that way. That being said, it was very, very disappointing from England. They came up with a much better effort against Wales. Rashford looks really, really dynamic right now. And Kane has kind of become interesting because he's turned into like a playmaking yeah. nine as opposed to an out and out nine. And you just don't see a lot of like that. And by a nine, I mean like the traditional up top, taller ish target man striker. He's kind of sunk back and been, and he's always been a good passer and a good playmaker. So he had that nice, nice cross to Foden. Yeah. Uh, no, was it? it was to Sterling in the first match against Iran. He had the beautiful one. Oh, I thought he had one against Wales too. He might, yeah, he might, you know, I'm, yeah. I, I might be getting it all jumbled up because I'm talking in the moment. But um, more to the point, the way that they're going now, they've got a pretty decent road that looks like they're going to have to go up against France in the round of eight in the quarterfinals if yeah. they get that far. Mm-hmm. But Senegal's an opponent that they're going to be favored against. The question is going to be, um, can they do this thing that they've done so often under Southgate is where they're happy playing extremely defensive football and then get that one moment of brilliance or that one moment of of class where they can break. Because that's what it's going to be now. Mm Mm-hmm. Southgate football is knockout round football. You just you don't concede, you don't concede, and then you hope for a penalty, a free kick, a corner, something from a set piece. Maybe Kane or Rashford gives you that brief flash, and you move on. Um, there was another question in the inbox, but I've lost it. Okay. Um, but I remember the question, and it was from someone who doesn't know a ton about soccer, but that person enjoys betting on sports. And the question was, who's the best bet to win the World Cup. So I guess you have to take into account the odds. Yep. Like Brazil is going to be the favorite. Um, you know, Argentina is up there as well, even though they they lost that first game to Saudi Arabia. Uh-huh. Um, do you have do you have one that you're you're thinking about right now where you're kind of like, you know what? This team could could win the World Cup and they're not getting a ton of attention. Like England always gets a lot of attention. They rarely get good odds because so many people bet on them foolishly, but people still do it. What about the Dutch? I'm going to put a brief pause on this conversation and we're going to bring it back on the other side with my answer because not only am I going to give it, I'm going to make it my playnow.com lock of the week. I'm going to go to playnow.com. I'm going to look at World Cup futures. I've got one in mind. But another, we've teased two segments in a row quite effectively now. We teed Moj with the um, breaking Nathan Rourke news. Now we're going to tease uh, a pick that might be good value as we get into the round of sixteen. Well, and don't it's let be it be the lock of the week. Well, don't let it be the Dutch because I'm betting on the Dutch. It's the Netherlands. Yeah. Okay. You can take Holland. I'll take the Dutch, and Andy can take the Netherlands. No, it's going to be another one, but we're going to do it on the other side. We're going to do ask us anything. So we're going to do what we learned, and we're going to do our playnow.com locks of the week. That's all. Coming up next on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130 Air Patrol. Welcome to Kelowna, California. West Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah. Kelowna, baby. Best place in the world right here. Kelowna, California. Kelowna, California. Kelowna, California. Hey, 29 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. 
Hour three of the program. We're right in the middle of it. Brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. You can do so by visiting them on the internet, campbell-pound.com today. All right, let's go. It is time now for the Lock of the Week, presented by Playhouse Sports, the official sports betting partner of the Vancouver Canucks. Every game will feel like the big game when you bet with Playhouse Sports. A reminder, you must be 19-plus to play. The tradition here is that you always start. Would you like to continue that tradition? Do you want to throw me on the spot? Uh, Yeah, so we all know it's been a tough go for CONCACAF teams, including Canada, who didn't qualify uh, for the round of 16, uh, Costa Rica, who nearly pulled off the miracle, but ultimately did not qualify for the round of 16 and also lost 7 nothing to Spain, which was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And Mexico, which did not make the round of 16 for the first time in a long, long time. Uh, there is only one CONCACAF team left, and I'm going to bet against them because I enjoy betting against them, and that is the Americans, who will play the Dutch on Saturday. Yep. And the Dutch have looked pretty good. They beat Senegal. They did. 2-0, which is impressive. They were in that group with Qatar, so... They also beat Qatar. They beat Qatar, yes. yes. Uh, Overall, this is a team that maybe hasn't been getting a ton of attention, but they are one of the traditional European powers in the world of soccer. Uh, They are in the World Cup sad club. They certainly are. In that they've been in a lot of World Cups, and they have yet to win the World Cup. So as a a SAD club member myself and the commissioner of the NHL SAD club, I'm going to lend my support to the Dutch against the Americans. If you bet like 20 bucks on them to win in regulation, so in 90 minutes, they can't go to extra time, it can't go to penalty kicks, Mm -hmm. uh, you can get a return of essentially almost $20. So it's basically an even bet that they can take out the Americans in regulation time. I like it. Uh, Laddie, can you lock that up for us, please? Lock of the week. Nicely done. Okay, I'm going to stick with the the global football as well. Uh, You know, I did talk about giving someone a futures pick, but I, I got a little ahead of myself. Uh, Of course, most books have the futures down right now because the round of 16 is not fully set. So I'm going to give you a pick for this weekend as my lock of the week, and I'm going to give – this is going to lead somewhere, so just follow me. All right. Okay, Okay, I'm following. Uh, This weekend, take Croatia to advance in the round of 16 over Japan. You can get them at 2.10 at play now right now. Uh, $20 bet will win you 42 bucks. Also, when the futures become available, and remember, with these futures bets, I want to make an impact here. I want to have a, a really good value bet with some really nice odds. Okay. Take Croatia to win the tournament. <laughs> you're finally getting on board with Modric as opposed to cheering against him when you're an England supporter and cheering against him when you're a Canada supporter. You're like, hey, this guy wins a lot of games. He's pretty good. Let's get on board. Here's my line of thinking on this. Okay. That was a tough group for mm-hmm. everybody involved, especially Canada. Uh, Croatia made it through. So they're a little bit battle-tested. Also, they conceded once, the entire group stage. That was to Canada Mm. in, what, the 66th second of the match? And they don't have the toughest round of 16 opponent in Japan. Now, the issue is going to be is that they got Brazil looming if they go on to the quarterfinals. Here's the thing. This Brazilian squad of three of the last four World Cups, they've been out. In the quarterfinals, including 2018 in Russia, I'm saying you could get when this uh, when these open back up at play now. I got a feeling that you're going to get pretty tasty odds mm-hmm. on Croatia to win it. They are the reigning runners up 
what a storybook narrative it would be if they win it all this time around with this quote-unquote golden generation. So there it is this weekend, my lock. And then in the future, my lock. Take Croatia. Lock it up, laddie. Lock of the week. Uh, one sec, please. Goalies don't make every save. Players don't score on every shot. Play for fun, not to make money. And if you gamble, use your game sense. A reminder, you must be 19 plus to play. Those are our locks of the week. They are taken care of. We got a bunch of other business to attend to, though, on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Before we get to what we learned and ask us anything's in the ticket giveaway, uh, a reminder for those disappointed Canadian soccer fans like myself, the World Cup still presses on. And that means we can still have a good time and we still go watch. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, there's going to be fewer and fewer games every day right now. And a lot of them are going to be early kickoffs, like 7 and 8 a.m. ones. Yep. When you get the 11 a.m. kickoffs, cherish them, my Take friends. advantage of them. So this Sunday, uh, I'm going to be back at the Hollywood Theater, 11 a.m. for England-Senegal. England House is on. Uh, I've had a great time at the Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually a video going around now of the live shot when Davies scored against Croatia. Oh, awesome. You and I are prominent. Feature prominently in it. Oh, we are okay. we are very front and Am center I in it. Panicky, looking for my phone to take the video of it. No, at that start, it's just unbridled, like pure joy. Honestly, that goal. I bet if you watch that video, if we well, send me the video because I okay. bet I look surprised because it we took, all do. It took me by. I was still at the stage where I'm like, all right, I'm drinking my coffee. It's pretty early in the morning. Like, wait a minute. What color jerseys is Canada wearing? It's about as genuine and authentic a reaction as two jaded guys like us are ever going to have. Anyway, the Hollywood Theater has been awesome this entire World Cup. We've had a lot of fun being there. It even managed to entertain us during that brutal first England game, the nil-nil draw, which we were there for. Get a good crowd. Uh, Sunday, 11 a.m., Hollywood Theater. A bunch of tickets are being released today for the round of 16 matches. Uh, Show Pass is the ticket provider. Go to the Hollywood Theater website. You can check them out. Uh, England House is going to be on, so England-Senegal, which should be a lot of fun, and a bunch of other good matches going forward. Hollywood Theater, Show Pass, they've got all the kind of cool stuff. Booze, food trucks, concession, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm going to be there on Sunday. Okay. Are we ready to do some Ask Us Anythings and What We Learns? Yes, absolutely. Fire up the dot matrix. Uh, this one comes in from Scott. Ask Us Anything. Wintertime drinks. Yeah, it's December 2nd. It's cold out. It's time for some wintertime drinks. Okay. Scott is challenging us to keep one of them, but drop the other three. Ooh. So the four options are mold wine, yeah. hot toddy, yep. Bailey's and coffee, mm-hmm. and hot chocolate. So only, I don't even know, what is a hot toddy? I believe that's uh Is there whiskey in that? A whiskey and tea, if okay. I'm not mistaken. It's like uh, a cider, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we can look this up. It's yeah. it's a uh with uh it's liquor and water with honey, lemon, herbs and spices. Mm. Yeah. Herbs and spices. Yeah. It's more of a, a tea varietal. Okay. Well, as opposed I'm, to a mold wine. I'm dropping that. Um I like mold wine and once in a while we'll make some mm. around wintertime, but for me, it's between Bailey's and coffee and hot chocolate. I'm going to go with the booze option. Yeah. I actually have a big old bottle of Bailey's, and it often gets used on like a Saturday morning when I'm looking at a mm-hmm. full day of activities, and I'm like, all right, I need something here. <laughs> so here's how, much, here's how much I respect and uh, the, the Bailey's and coffee. Uh, for a buddy stag a bunch of years ago, we went on a uh, fishing trip, Bamfield yeah. up by Port Hardy. Mm-hmm. 
And like, and so of course we were up at the crack of dawn, like four yeah. in the morning, and then we're on a stag. So everyone was like, "Oh, let's do this." So let's I, get in, let's get into the Bailey's boys. And, so we had already going to get wild. We, had, we basically didn't go to sleep. Like we stayed up all night drinking, and then at four o'clock in the morning, got on the boat, and then we're like, "Well, Bailey's and coffee will sort this out." Yeah. Then I got seasick. Oh. And I think I must have refunded Bailey's coffee for the better part of eight hours. The fish in the ocean were like, "We don't like this. Yeah, please go back to shore, good sir." <laughs> Despite this, I still have Bailey's Coffee at the top of the power rankings. Oh, too- it didn't get repl- like it. No, right. it's not like the one. I had a Wonder Bar in grade nine one time, and then I got the flu and I puked Wonder Bar. I can't. I can't. I can't eat a Wonder can't even Bar. Look at a Wonder I can't Bar. Even look anymore. at it. If I see like a six in the vending machine, I get all like, like physically <laughs> ill. But um, the Bailey's and Coffee is the answer without question. Do you, uh, Andy? I feel like you have a definitive power ranking of. Like warm, comfy winter drinks. I do like the hot toddy. They're delicious. I enjoy Bailey's and coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Bailey's, Bailey's and hot chocolate with little marshmallow thingies in the top. That's almost too sweet. Well, I'm well a, I got a sweet tooth and I love chocolate. So, no and you throw alcohol okay. into the mix, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Andy cracks me up. And, I enjoy and, a I, hot toddy. I, I love Andy. Yeah, I, I I'm not afraid. I don't say that very. I love Andy. I just yeah. feel like. Andy would be sitting there like we were gonna have some cold nights coming up, yeah. and he's gonna have, he's gonna be like, "Hun, let's make hot toddies." Yeah, and he hey, wouldn't even ask; he'd just have the tray ready, the tray, like, <laughs> and like the cat's ready for a snuggle, and and then Andy, Andy, I'm gonna write my letter to Santa now. Like that's that would well, be that's already done, but yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three months in advance. Yeah, what are you talking about? He's always walking in here with Rice Krispies and Tang. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Uh, It's so good. Um, This one comes from Juan from Comox. Ask us anything. Boys, going forward, are we done seeing Canada play the likes of Haiti, Curacao, and Barbados? Are we going to see them play at least some Tier 2 opponents, i.e. Sweden, Colombia, etc.? I think I, is that not going to be a test for Canada soccer in arranging quality friendlies for this group in arranging yep. um, invites to tournaments like Copa America because they don't have to qualify for the World Cup there there will be no qualifying so there will be no like we're going to the Caymans oh, are we hiding money yeah. uh, no we're going down there to play play a soccer game on on a pitch that isn't all that impressive. With with the with the fact that Canada can now say like we made the last World Cup, we've yeah. got some quality players. Um, one you might even call a superstar, and Alfonso Davies, or at least a star mm-hmm. who plays for Bayern and and a couple other guys. Before they, you know, organizations that have quality might be like, well, wh- why would we want to play Canada? Like, how does that benefit yeah. us? But I, I feel like they they. We're a way more attractive opponent, but it's going to be on Canada soccer to organize these things and make sure that everything's lined up so Canada gets tested ahead of the 2026 World Cup. Um, I think that it's going. they're going to be a more intriguing opponent than ever before, right? Because now it's actually a team that's got some quality. The thing was, if you invited Canada to a friendly before, if you were a big country, it would be like, you know when the SEC teams – book a game against like Utah Valley Technical College and they beat them 77 to nothing. Right. But Utah Valley Technical College gets a payday. Right. That's what Canada used to be like. Uh-huh. Now Canada actually presents kind of an intriguing threat. 
They're kind of like the new kid on the block. Mm -hmm. So they've got a draw. They've got some allure. So I wouldn't be surprised if they get invited to more friendlies and more competitions than before. Do you think they could ever arrange a friendly with England? How fun Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there was talk. There was scuttlebutt that Argentina wanted to book a friendly against against Canada prior to the World Cup. Right. Because uh, Argentina had... Uh, Mexico in their group, mm-hmm. so they kind of wanted to get a feel for where the level of CONCACAF was. Right. So the fact that that was even a thing was pretty amazing, right? By the way, to the people that are texting in, yeah, it was Port Renfrew, not Port Hardy. Jeez, you, I'm sorry. People, people like uh, they're proud of where they're from, and they, they I just don't wanted the, to get. But I just got the ports mixed up. My God, you, we still hear from people that that are complaining that I called it Sook instead of Souk. Yeah, that's true. Like it's on it, Port Renfrew, not Port Hardy, Banfield. Okay, sorry, sorry, everybody, sorry. Uh, minor Matt in Abbotsford, what we learned. I learned that Riley Stillman did the hokey pokey and turned himself around on the Panthers' third goal of the game last night. Yeah, Riley Stillman continues to struggle. Uh, but, but he's still the, in there. Look, when I went over uh, the five goals that the Canucks surrendered last night and all the defensive mistakes that they made, I included a lot of Canucks defensemen. Luke Shen was guilty of a brutal giveaway. Or just an, I don't even know what it was, an errant backhand up the wall. Uh, it was just weird. On the first goal, the second goal was Ethan Bear making a mistake. Tyler Myers did not look good at all. And Riley Stillman was in that group as well. So, uh, you know, and it's not like Quinn Hughes and Oliver ekman Larson haven't received their fair share of criticism defensively. Right now, this is a team that just does not know how to play as a five-man unit. It doesn't, right? Like mm-hmm. They are a bunch of individuals out there. I'm not saying that they don't care. I think there is a level of like, hey, we're working on this. But we went into this season with two main concerns about this Canucks roster, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Two main concerns. One of it was just an overall, the blue line isn't good enough. The blue line has trouble moving the puck, can't get out of their own end. We saw an example of that last night. So mm-hmm. check that box. Have the Canucks had trouble moving out of their end? Yeah, they have. The other one that I think doesn't get enough attention was they don't have enough good two-way forwards. Dependable forwards. Yeah. Right? Those they're not they're not flashy, they're not uh no one no one's like, "Oh, wow, like that two-way middle six forward. God, I love that guy." But all the good teams have them. Yeah, can I like Lazar is the only guy that jumps to mind, and he's a bo- he's a, a he's bottom a, six he's, he's a fourth liner. Uh, right? I don't know if you watched Bor- or you didn't because you were at the game. I'm talking Bor- about Bor- Bor- was, Bor- yeah. was on the intermission panel, and he was just he was looking at some of the JT Miller quote unquote highlights, mm-hmm. and he was just, like you could almost hear him shaking his head, and he's like, and here's one. There's a drop pass, no look drop pass yeah. to nobody, and and yeah, I mean, and it, when, it, and he embodies the, the team, right? And when your leaders are doing that, like you imagine JT Miller coming off the ice and yelling at you or yelling in the dressing room and you're like, hey, man, <laughs> what about those four passes to nobody? Yeah. And we've already seen it happen this year. Luke Shen and JT Miller getting into an, an argument on the ice. That is rare, guys. This isn't soccer. This is hockey. You know, hockey, yeah. the culture is you you keep that stuff in the dressing room and you and you never let that Never let anyone see that. In soccer, it's a different. It's different. Like it's just a different culture. It's more passionate. <laughs> uh, ask ask us anything from Bins. One of my favorite names. Short, simple, sweet Bins. Uh, which NHL team are you currently having an affair with? Obviously, the Canucks are not fulfilling anyone's needs right now. That's interesting, Bins, because I've been thinking about that over the last week or so. 
not if I'm going to adopt or take in a second team, but who have I kind of been paying attention to from any, like, ooh, intriguing. Like, look across the room. Like, who's that over there, right? Um, one is, I'm not going to lie, Seattle. Yeah. I'm, I'm They're looking, fun to watch. I'm looking at that and saying, hmm. I also, it's a really easy getaway to go watch a game if I want. Uh, and I'm, you know, there's two Canadian teams as much. I always go back and forth on the Canadian team thing. We've had this conversation a billion times. It's like, yes, we should be rooting for another Canadian team. And they're like, no, why would I want any other Canadian team to do well? Winnipeg, because it's so unexpected. And Montreal, because they kind of just keep hanging around. Right? I mean, if you look at Montreal, they're above NHL 500. They got 12 wins through 23 games. They're fun to watch, and they don't really play a style that's like conducive to winning. Like they're just fun. Yeah, it's like Marty St. Louis was like, you know what we should do all year is just have fun, and just you know score some goals, and we'll give up a bunch, and we'll see what happens. We got a bunch of good young guys. I don't think I'll ever have a an affair with another Canadian team. No, so I'm not ready to go. To, like I said, I yeah. wanted to contextualize it. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, hey, what's up? What are you yeah. doing over there? And and those are the three. Right. Winnipeg, Montreal, and Maybe Seattle. like just a one-nighter, but not like an emotional affair. Yeah, like an online thing. I don't know. <laughs> Texting? Like, yeah, right? Maybe there's some sort of like... How does <laughs> okay, sna- stop. How does Snapchat work? I don't know. Poco Joshua, what I learned, my 10-year-old son is moving past being a Canucks fan because he's never seen them as anything but a non-playoff team. He is more of a Hurricanes fan now. Losing your young fans is a problem. So, Poco Joshua, we're going to give you the tickets to the Canucks game against Aww, Arizona. That's so sweet. But you have to take your son, and you have to make him cheer for the Canucks. Uh, Shouldn't the Canucks make him cheer He's like, you made my son cry. I hope you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we took a risk. Uh, my word. So, Hold on. Okay. We have a huge development at the World Cup. Oh, wow. Korea has scored to take a 2-1 lead over Portugal in added time. We are post 90 minutes. I don't know if this is enough to get them through, though, because the, the Portuguese are stunned, by the way. I believe that the... Now, the replacement manager... For Korea, because their usual manager was uh, ejected, or sorry, right, ejected, red carded from the last match. I think they're now realizing that they've just scored a historic result, but it might not be enough. He's urging them to get back. Do you have those standings in front of you? I'm trying to draw them up here. Okay. Hold on a sec. This is quite remarkable. The scenes right now, absolute yeah, scenes. Yeah, Korea would be through with this. Korea would be through. Korea. So you're, I think Uruguay has got to score one more now. Okay. This is this is massive, and of course, it's Son from Tottenham on the charge to get this. This is a fascinating turn. These groups, the, the yeah. End Korea, of- so Korea and Uruguay right now are tied in points, and they're tied in goal differential. But because Korea, Korea has, has more goals score, score. scored, because Uruguay so is showing, scoring, their, yeah, they're showing it to the Uruguayan squad right now. And Luis Suarez is in tears on the bench, realizing what's just happened. Did he get subbed off? Yes, he got subbed off. This is remarkable. <laughs> so again, Korea in the 90th minute. Another Asian team that's that's, that's this could be something, yeah. You know? This is a remarkable turn of events here. So yeah, they've just put it up on the board in Qatar with that goal. Korea has moved ahead of Uruguay, who thought they were done and all good to go. 
They scored their first two goals of the World Cup, the Uruguayans did, in this match. They're up 2-0 against Ghana. And they thought they were through. They actually made substitutions to secure this 2-0 lead. Now they've got to push forward again and try and find another one. Oh, wow, what a turn of events. The last, I'm telling you, if they get rid of this format and thank goodness yeah. that FIFA finally decided to reevaluate one of its awful decisions. Mm-hmm. Can we really take away the drama and intrigue of the final day of group stage matches? This is impressive. This is a we'll keep we'll keep tabs on this. So how many how many teams are uh, is how many teams are going to be in the next World Cup? Forty eight. <laughs> so you just have twelve groups of four. The tournament is going to last a third of the year. But like you would, gonna... but you would have to have wild cards involved and all yep. that sort of yep. thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it w- it, yeah. It's going to be complicated. Is it really going to last a third of the year? Or was that a joke? Well, it's going to be a long tournament. How long is it going to last? Uh, it's going to be close. I mean, this well, it originally is... wasn't going to last that much longer because you'd only have two games in the group stage, and then you'd be down to the round of sixteen. I think they're, the Uruguayans are all in tears on the bench. This is, as they say in football, absolute scenes, absolute scenes right now. Because they also took up Darwin Nunez, the mm-hmm. Liverpool striker. <laughs> so now they need to go get this goal. And Portugal's not in a desperate situation. They're already through. Portugal's oh, already through. Korean supporters are in a tears too. Of joy. Eyes. This is unbelievable. Get to some sort of screen right now if you can. This is pretty crazy that this is this is happening right okay, now. Okay, Halford, you're going to have to bring it back here and focus a little bit. We've sorry. still got a few minutes left in this show. Um, Gunner from Kelowna hasn't asked us anything. Would you trade three first-rounders in the draft for the rights to draft Connor Bedard? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would trade the entire Canucks roster right now for the rights to trade to, mm. to draft Connor Bedard. Yeah. Not only is he an unbelievable talent and projects to be much better than anything the Canucks have right now, he is that local kid where um, he's a Canucks fan. And this is just it's just a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. And I still have – I know all common sense and history tells me that the Canucks have no chance of winning the draft lottery, but it is in the back of my mind. And with Thatcher Demko going down with his injury, uh, the Canucks having just played two dreadful games mm-hmm. at home against Washington and Florida, I still – I just think that the, embrace the losing. Embr- embrace it and start selling off pieces from this team. That's my message to management. I don't think they'll listen to me, but that's what I do right now, and I would work as hard as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, listen, the Canucks just put the Sedins in the in, – in the, they're they're in the Hall of Fame, right? Yep. Halford, you got to listen. Okay? I'm listening. The Sedins, you're, you're, the Sedins, the Sedins are in the, the Hall, Hall of fame. fame. Think about that deal. <laughs> got it. Think about that deal that Brian Burke pulled off at the draft. Now – Obviously, Bedard is is different than uh, the Sedins were well regarded, but nothing like Bedard. But is there something you could pull off to make that happen? Right. Let's say Arizona won. I, I love is the dare. I love the dare to dream. No, I'm, I'm like unload everything. You want you want Demko, Hughes, and Pedersen, and our first. You have that. I don't. That's the problem with that is that um, you have to pay all those people. Bedard, I mean, for here's the thing. Bedard, oh, the problem for Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. No, but I'm, I'm just saying I, I hope the Canucks go through everything they possibly can. Sure, sure. Explore sure. all options or at the very least bribe whoever does the draft lottery. Um, I got I got one from Luke in Abbotsford here. This might be a, a, an all-time for Halbro first. He has a, a what we learned that turns into an Ask Us Anything. 
a what we learned that turns into an ask us anything. Okay. Uh, he said, I learned that Russell Wilson and the Broncos have been flexed out of prime time with the Chiefs. Oh, I know. Then his AUA is, how bad, no unwatchable are you if you drag Mahomes and the high-powered Chiefs offense out of prime time? That is honestly Russell Wilson's most impressive accomplishment this season that he's taken. <laughs> like, like, he beat Mahomes. The Chiefs are guaranteed money in prime time yeah. to play an entertaining game. Yeah. It's unbelievable how bad it's been. What did they replace them with? Do you know? Uh, Chargers. The Chargers? Was it the Chargers? Yeah, it's a game that has playoff implications. Okay. I think it was the Chargers. I got to double check on that one. <laughs> However, um, so I was watching NFL Network the other day, and the, and the conversation was, um, have the Broncos bought a lemon? And and, it, and is it a two hundred and fifty million dollar lemon? Uh, lemons are good, man. <laughs> but the, the question <laughs> the question remains: Is this at all salvageable? No, they're screwed. I think they're they're genuinely I think screwed. They're screwed. And you know yeah. who's you know you know who looks better and better with every day? Uh, John Schneider, Pete Carroll, and the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. Because not only did they not give Russ the extension he wanted, they got a lot of draft capital for him, including a first round pick that might be top five when this is all said and done. Yeah. Draft a guy that can stop the run. <laughs> okay, we gotta go. Uh, it's been a really fun week, and it's been absolutely fun to do this World Cup thing with you for another week. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to do it all again, but for now, we gotta go. Find a screen. It's really crazy what's going on right now at the World Cup, and enjoy the 11 o'clock games as well. Signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.